Shattering the Glass Ceiling is a production of the Connecticut Democratic Party. I'm Tanaya Baker. And I'm Jacqueline Cozen. And we're your hosts for conversations with women who are the trailblazers, rising stars, elected officials, and campaign pros who make you say, I'm with her. Today's special guest is Hartford Mayor Luke Bronin's Deputy Chief of Staff and the Connecticut Democratic Party Women's Caucus Co-Chair, Kayla Riasco. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Shattering the Glass Ceiling. Today, we have the amazing Kayla Riesco, who just celebrated her 30th birthday. Shout out on that. And she is our caucus co-chair for the Women's Caucus and also Deputy Chief of Staff for Hartford Mayor Luke Bronin. Kayla has done a lot of amazing things, has worked for a lot of amazing people, including Congresswoman Johanna Hayes and uh, Senator Chris Murphy. So welcome, Kayla. Thank you. You were so lucky. Oh, we're so lucky to have you, especially uh, after you just had big celebrations. What'd you do for your birthday? So thank you, Jacqueline. Thank you, Tanea, for having me on today's um, fun podcast. Yesterday, my parents rented out um, the restaurant that I live on top of, Mm -hmm. um, Salute, in downtown Hartford. And we had my family, um, some friends, but it was very small, obviously, with the pandemic and us getting back into like the in-person stuff. Um, we didn't want to do a huge thing, but it was lots of lots of good food, lots of good Prosecco Ooh, that like prosecco. made me go to bed at 9 p.m. and <laughs> um, have the energy I have today. If not, I would have not had energy today. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good. A lot of good Italian food and um, a lot of great energy. So I was thankful that my parents brought some of my family together that were all vaccinated. Oh, nice. Good. Yay. It's nice to be together again. Yay. Yeah. And next, soon we will be able to do this in person. Yay. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. I'm going to kick it over to Tanaya. Tanaya, uh, you can uh, kick it off. Yes. So again, happy belated birthday. Thank you. Let's get right into the question. So tell me about your life story. Where did you grow up and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, so I born and raised in New Britain um, here. Some some people refer it to as hard hit in New Britain. Um, <laughs> I literally was born there, spent my entire life there until I turned 21. Um, so I graduated from Central, um, got a job offer to work for Senator Murphy's office in D.C., Washington, D.C., and then I moved over um, to Washington that year. So, um, you know, born and raised in New Britain, spent some time in Washington, lived in Hamden. Um, when I worked for Senator Murphy, I came back to do outreach in the Fairfield County area. And, um, you know, Hamden, New Haven area is in between Fairfield County and Hartford, so it was easy to get back to the office. Um then I moved back to New Britain when I worked for Congresswoman Hayes. Um, and now I'm in Hartford working for Mayor Luke Bronin. So kind of those have been like my four like core places that I've lived. Um, and just, you know, my job drove me to these places as well as uh, like not trying to drive a lot drove me to those places. Um, yeah. So is it, am I going to start a war to ask which one uh, has been your favorite place to live so far? Oh, you know what, you know, I'm not going to say this because I live here now and maybe it's because I'm older. I'm feeling really wise after turning 30 and I'm saying like I'm old now. Um, but Hartford's been like, Hartford's been cool. And I know you both know that you work here, you live here, you know, the area. Um, 
And I, I like it because it's like, it's, it's walking distance to my job. Um, everything is like very close by for like everything I need. And, um, it's still 15 minutes from New Britain where my parents live. So I have the best of both worlds here where it's still city, but I'm still close enough to see my family. So I would say Hartford. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> Hartford has it. Hashtag. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so how about, um, what was your, I don't know if you could recall, what was your very first political experience that you had or, or like what forced you to become political? Yeah. So um, in, well, I went to central speaking of being in um, New Britain my whole life, I went to central and I lived at home. I studied um, at central psychology was my major. So I had nothing to do with politics. When I was a senior, I didn't even know who my congressperson was. I had no idea who my senators were. Looking back, it's so funny of how in like in it I am now, but in college, I had like no knowledge of you know, how Congress worked and um, like most people, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, that's typical. Yeah. yeah. And I had no, but, but then my senior year, it came to getting a job. Um, so I finally had to like get a job where like I got paid and not free internship. So my mom um, was very involved locally in New Britain. And she was like, hey, there's this young guy running for U.S. Senate. It was Chris Murphy. Um, you should volunteer or intern, you know, my friend's running his campaign in New Britain. Um, so you should, you know, stop by the headquarters, see how you like it. So I stopped by, um, they offered me to be a field organizer for the 2012 Chris Murphy for U.S. Senate campaign in New Britain. Um, so I always say this, that it kind of happened like by accident where I got involved, didn't think it was going to be a long-term thing. And then I like really enjoyed it. I loved talking to people. I loved meeting people. Um, I thought Chris's ideas were really progressive and innovative for 20, like the year of 2012, the things that he was talking about, he seemed like a really cool, like politician, um, that I had no idea about prior. So, um, yeah, I, I got involved just by literally going to a headquarters and becoming a field organizer in New Britain, um, on Bassett street, as most know that if you're in the area, you know, that that's the, that's been the DTC headquarters forever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Is that the one down in the basement? Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> shout out to Senator Rick Lopes. Yeah. yeah shout out. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, yeah. It's, it's it kind of just happened there. And um, I, again, I didn't really know how the U.S. Senate or Congress worked, but uh, just talking to people and learning from, you know, not people my age, but older people, I just fell in love with it. And then, you know, it, it kind of just happened that I got a job offer when I graduated and then I moved to D.C., Oh, awesome. Yeah, and as uh, we know, you're a fierce Latino woman. <laughs> and um, so during your political path, have you faced uh, different obstacles because you're a woman, because you're a Latina? And um, if you could share a story, your experience and how you overcame that, um, that would be good. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I was thinking about this because I think as women, we go through this a lot and you have to pick which ones you want to share, which ones you don't. Um, but the one story I can think of is when I worked in Washington, DC, um, you know, I was an intern coordinator as a staff assistant. The very first job that I had, I basically like answered phones, helped um, constituents when they came to visit the office, um, helped um, the staff with meetings and the, and the Senator with his meetings. Um, you're kind of like a administrative facilitator type of role. Um, I oversaw the intern program and a lot of my interns were white men that, you know, went to Ivy League schools. They were 
doing internships, but going to Harvard, going to Yale, going to Columbia. And then you have me, like I was just, you know, graduated from um, Central, just moved to DC. Um, And when I am leading, you know, a group of people that are not used to someone like me being um, in charge of them and telling them what to do basically was always really interesting. Um, You know, they would ask me, the one story I can think of is one of them was like, hey, like, where did you graduate? Like, where, where are you from? And it's like, yeah, you know, I'm from New Britain, Connecticut. Um, and I graduated from state, state, um, a state school, you know, CCSU. Um, and he was like a state school and kind of like did a double take um, at that. And, you know, it's, it doesn't matter where you graduate from if you work right. really hard and, you know, you do those, those internships and you, you work your way up. But I just remember that always being a question of like where I was from and, you know, where I graduated because it wasn't Yale, um, you know, so that's one thing I can think of that sticks out. All right. I got those questions too, even being <laughs> yeah. a white woman and doesn't matter if you're on Dean's list or, you know, nope. graduate magna cum laude. But yep. anyway, uh, <laughs> you know, I think what's interesting about you, Kayla, is you've worked for uh, men and you've lur- worked with women, excuse me, um, like in significant leadership roles. Have you learned like what, how they lead differently? What, how can you speak to uh, what can you speak to how women and men lead uh, differently and approach policy differently? Yeah, that's a good question. I think women, I think we are we are very thoughtful. Like we know that whatever decision that we make impacts multiple people. It doesn't just impact us. And I think, you know, I think about my mother as a leader. I think about Congresswoman Hayes. I think about my grandma. Like I think about women that I have followed um, either from a work state of mind or a personal state of mind. And I think that women are thoughtful. Like we, we know um, that a decision is not just a decision that is gonna you know, make us look good. It's a decision that hurts our staff. It could hurt you know, our loved ones. Um, it could be personal. So um, not only just thoughtfulness, but I, I also think that women um, are honest um, and we do it you know, to our detriment because sometimes being honest isn't great. Um, and it's, you know, we show our emotions, we're honest, but it's in a way that shows that, you know, we care. Um, and it's a little deeper than just a job uh, for us and, and the women that I've experienced at least as, as my boss. And the way that that impacts policy is that, you know, it's, it's more unique. Um, it touches people in a different way than, you know, it's not just an infrastructure bill. It's an infrastructure bill that includes childcare. Like it's an infrastructure bill that, that helps, you know, um, people with EBT get on, get on a scooter or get on a bus. It's more personal when women are involved mm-hmm. and it has more stories attached to it. Yeah. And I think more, uh, I don't know, the word holistic kind of, you know, because I think that understanding how families operate, not that men don't, but usually we're the caregivers for children and older people. We understand yep. like five steps ahead, how one little thing can impact, you know, being able to catch that bus. If you don't have childcare, your child uh, care provider shows up late and then you miss the bus, then you get to work late and then you have to work later, which means, yep. you know, so yeah, yeah. I think it's a really good point. Yeah. Right. And, and I definitely agree that women definitely lead different. And we like, we like to ask this question a lot about the importance of mentorship. So uh, what do you think about like season or even not even season 
women taking on that mentorship role to have um, other women come up under them um, who want to get into like politics? Yeah, I think it's important. Um, politics can be either really intimidating or, you know, after like the Trump administration and what happened in 2016, it could be really tr like traumatizing, quite frankly, for a lot of people, people of color, um, women of color. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say when people look like us that are doing it, um, you know, people feel more comfortable and they approach it at more ease than it would be just seeing all men in the role. Um, so it's, it's looking like the people that you want to help, but it's also bringing them in and, and supporting them when they're interested. Um, and it's not always easy to get into politics and like it because um, there's a lot of weird things that happen and like any, honestly, like any career, but um, talking about it and being honest and, and saying, you know, this happened to me once, like, let me help you um, goes a long way, I think, especially like in these days of politics. For sure. And who, who would you say, who have been your mentors? Like who's inspired you along the way and who has helped, um, you know, give you opportunity? So I'm going to say not a political person, but kind of is my grandmother. I was just on the phone with her this morning for like an hour at 8am. We do like these 8am phone calls. Um, at least awesome. once a week. Yeah. We talk for like, <laughs> and then we both have to like cut each other off at some point because we have things to do. But um, I would say my grandma, you know, she, my grandma graduated with a fifth grade education and, you know, she was a single mom. Um, my grandpa, you know, may he rest in peace, was abusive to her. Um, so she raised her five children by herself, worked in a factory, worked really hard. Um, so when I think about complaining about, you know, my job or complaining about the everydays of what life is, I think about my grandmother. And if, you know, she to this day has a smile on her face, um, but she's, she smiles, but she's very smart and she knows like she has a plan for everything. Um, I can't complain if she's, you know, if she's done it and done it like three times better. Um, but, and, and not just that, but when I go back to her education, I think about how savvy she is, how important voting is to her, how important it is to her to have a lawn sign up uh, for all Democrats. You know, she's super Catholic, does the rosary every night. And she's like, no, I'm a Democrat because I know that this is the, the political party that supports like me and the people that I believe in, you know, um, are the ones that really drive immigration policy, policy that helps children, helps poor people. Um, and she is like the biggest Democrat without even realizing it. And she's like inspired me in, in a lot of ways. Um, so even though she's like not a congresswoman or not like any fancy title, she has made me smarter and look at this differently. I think that role with a lot of women in our lives is yeah. like, I think that, you know, uh, I know my mom's done that for me. Her mom has done that for her. And, um, you know, that comes along with, uh, parenthood for sure. And I'm sure, Tanaya is doing that with her <laughs> fabulous daughter Tatum because your mom we heard la our last episode your mom talked about the same thing yeah right yeah. I was gonna say that a lot a lot of people point towards like their parents their mom as being the first person you know to inspire them and push them on their way so it's, it's normal that's normal that it's not necessarily a person in politics yeah, yeah that's pretty normal uh what do you what do you think we can do to get more uh, people involved in politics, more women, uh, more young people? Yeah, so I mean, this this is so hard because when I worked back when I worked for Senator Murphy's office and Jacqueline, you both know this to you know this too, that getting young people to go to like a town hall right. is like 
pulling teeth or getting young people to show up to meetings that traditionally older people over 65 show up to. It's really, really hard. Um, you have to give them a reason. You have to inspire them. Um, I think about when Obama first ran for president, Barack Obama, he had this whole movement that really brought in young people that I had never seen. And I only knew who our president was and was interested in politics basically in 2008 because of Obama. Um, but what he brought to the table internally inspired people. And you really got to bring that out organically. Like, I mean, sometimes yeah. being like, let's give someone like a gift card to <laughs> the movies or let's give them free wine and cheese. And you think that that's just going to bring people in, but um, no, it's not. It's, it's not just about the superficial stuff. It's about really, you know, inspiring people from within first, and they have to make their own judgment to go and to keep on going consistently to town halls. So I would say, you know, long story short is just to kind of, um, find, you know, find the, the, the passion in young people. Um, and when you, when you bring them in, keep them in, um, and that means supporting them. Right. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, Tuesday is the anniversary of, um, the, uh, death of George Floyd. And it, it's been inspiring to me to see, uh, the movement and this, all the young people popping up and organizing protests and, you know, saying enough is enough and making, you know, now people are listening to them. They are leading. Um, what, what do you, where do you find inspiration in your day-to-day -day work? What keeps you going, keeps you, uh, fighting the fight? Um, what moves you? Um, yeah, I think, you know, I go back to family because, um, I think when you grow up in a working class family, you know, your job isn't just your job that brings money and pays your bills. Your job is to fulfill what you're supposed to do, to do it a hundred percent. If not, don't do it at all. And, um, that was like my father, like my dad came to the United States, um, in when he was like in his late twenties. So my age, like early thirties, late twenties, he came in and back in Ecuador, he was a accountant making good money in Ecuador, but he wanted to come here to you know, learn English, get an education, and he was a butcher. So he went from being wow. like an accountant to coming here and cutting meat. Um, wow. And I think about that as my job and all my jobs, I'm like, we don't like as a Riasco, we don't do things, you know, like we don't half half acid to, to use a bad word. We do it, if, if we're gonna do, we're gonna do it complete. So, you know, that kind of drives me to always, whatever I put my mind to something to fulfill it and to do it in a way that, you know, is, either impacting someone or making my role better for the next person that gets it after me um, and do it a hundred percent. And I think, I think about my father in that respect that like, you know, he went from being a butcher to a, a bartender to being a caterer at the Marriott. Like he did all these jobs, but he didn't, he, they, people loved him and they kept him and they wanted to give him like promotions here left and right because he put his whole heart into it. Um, so I would say it's my family and specifically my father that kind of remind me about work ethic and doing things, um, the best that you could. Yay. Yes. So appreciative of your daddy. <laughs> yeah. I love my father. <laughs> Cooks a mean ceviche too. So <laughs> I never had ceviche before. Oh girl. <laughs> but I am a picky eater. 
<laughs> yeah, she is. I think, what did you have for the first time? I think, was it Thai food that we had? Uh, oh, in the office? office, yeah. Yeah, she oh, had Thai food time. for the first time. Oh, yeah. I love Thai. Yeah, I do too. She had Pad Thai. Did yeah. You have, yeah, did you like it? Oh, that's a good starter. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. It was cool. It was different, but I liked it. And then I had the curry one time. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm talking about food. I do too. <laughs> Usually conversations about my dad like lead into food because he's like the biggest foodie. So this makes sense. Nice. No, that's great. But speaking of work ethic, uh, you're the co-chair for our Amazing Women's Caucus. That's right. Women's Caucus. <laughs> uh uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, how important is it to the work that we, we've done on the Women's Caucus and uh, what more could we do? Yeah, well, shout out to the to the Democratic State Party because you guys brought these caucuses together during like literally the height of the pandemic and you all made it work, whether it was virtual and phone calls and um, you launched all these caucuses in the middle of a time when we were not seeing each other. So I think that just brings me back to the role of the caucus is to bring women together when, you know, times may not be great and fun and, um, and that we're stressed out in our own respects, but, you know, we brought a, a bunch of amazing women together to talk about, you know, how to run for office or how to get involved or how to just volunteer on a campaign. And I think that, um, that did a lot, especially last year. Right. Yeah. I love the women's caucus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and having the hard conversation about, you know, the sexism panel that we did, yep. um, which I think brought in a lot of good uh, issues, highlighted a lot of good issues. And also the black women's leadership panel that we did. I think that's one in the, in the Hispanic women, just my big thing is if you can't see it, you can't be it. And just being able to highlight and elevate other women for other women to see and understand their stories. That's, you know, the origin of this podcast and what inspired us to do it so that, because a lot of women are like, I don't, I don't even know how to start. Like, I don't even know how to get involved and hearing other people's stories like yours, just walk into a headquarters and Mm -hmm. there you go. It's that simple. You never know who you're going to meet. Right. Nope. Right. Right. So anyway, fun time. We'll move to the fun questions. Um, I don't know what that voice is about, but whatever. Uh, that voice. Voice. I know. Uh, anyway. All right. This is always my favorite question. Uh, so what music do you listen to when you prepare for election day? Like what song pumps you up and gets you going for like a big political event or when you need to get like really psyched? So I love, I love rap music. So I was on like a Lil Wayne when I was high school, college, Lil Wayne was my favorite rapper that in turned into Drake. Um, so I would say rap for election day, but also reggaeton is my jam. (laughs) So like, I gotta, I'm on like this bad bunny, like Maluma wave right now. So the last election I was bumping like all this, you know, intense reggaeton music um to kind of like pump up my brain um but yeah that's definitely like the the puerto rican side of me coming out <laughs> i love it and i love that do you notice tanaya that a lot of the women here say rap like yes i love it i love it it's really interesting yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. we, and we insert like the songs or like the choices that you guys pick. So it's so funny because a lot of you guys say rap. Yeah, <laughs> it's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. 
Am I yeah, the no, Mo- no Mozart for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's when I'm getting my manicure. <laughs> okay, right. so Hollywood is making a movie about you. Which actress plays you? Oh my God. Um, so when I was reading through these questions, I was like, how do you answer this and not sound like you're trying to compare yourself to a like, oh my gosh, stop perfect it, no. actress. <laughs> I everybody her. always has the story. Like people, like I had a period where everybody would come up to me and be like, oh my God, you look just like Sandra Bullock. Like I had some creepy oh. dude. I, not right now, but like I had oh, this creepy dude in Home crazy. Depot who okay. would like, was literally stalking me around the story. He's like, you just, you look just like Sandra Bullock. I'm like, yeah, creeper. I'm not her. So see ya. Uh, what would I be doing in like the, you know, Hamden Home Depot? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, that's funny. Like celebrities are just like us. Um, right. <laughs> I, okay. So I've gotten this when I lived in DC, I got uh, Rosie, o- Rosie O'Dawson, the one, the lady that dates Senator Cory Booker. And I'm oh. like, yeah, I can see that. Um, but I don't know. I think this is just such an awkward question because I don't like to compare myself to like beautiful people, but I would say her. And then I've gotten that I sound like Zoe Saldana, my voice. So there's like a little, maybe if both of them had a baby, it would be me. I don't know. <laughs> I love you it. You know who I can see? Um, the she's play, She played in uh, Jane the Virgin. You guys look like you can be sisters. I thought that when I first oh, saw you. Oh, I love yeah. her. Amer- yeah. Is that America Ferreira? No. No, but she reminds me of her. Pina Rodriguez. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, guys, you can be sisters. Oh, I see it. Yeah. Being the Virgin's like the best show. I love that love show. That show. <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, all right. So how about if you can have dinner with anyone? Michelle Obama. Are you serious? Okay. Where, where would you go? Oh, like, like a very relaxing, like, vineyard. Like, Ooh, I like that. We just like read books, maybe not even talk a lot. Just wanted to be around her. Maybe <laughs> just like read books and drink wine and just like be in her like, at, like energy and atmosphere. Um, and like osmosis absorb. Yeah, the, like yeah. just maybe something will like come off of her to me. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe Michelle Obama in like a fancy vineyard setting. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Rose all day. Yep. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> it's so funny because every year I don't see myself where I'm going to be now last year. Okay. So like, you never know what even a year looks like. So to think five years is like crazy. Um, hopefully like with a family and like more like settled down, I turned 30. So this is a very good timing for this question. Um, you know, I think my boyfriend and I would love to settle down, get a house, Um, And maybe in five years, I'll have a family, but also, you know, still have my career intact as well, where I still help wonderful people get elected to office. Um, And I would love to help more women in the long run get elected. Yeah. And so in that line, um, you know, usually for our last question, we ask, what advice do you have uh, for women who want to get in politics, uh, top three things women should know or pieces of advice uh, if they're considering a career or just uh, politics as a hobby? Yeah, I would say number one, take care of yourself. Um, if we get so like, you know, caught in our jobs and our everyday, whether we're running or we're helping someone get elected or we're working for someone, um, I think, you know, mental health, physical health is so important. 
So I would say number one, take care of yourself. It's the most important rule. I would say number two is um, be honest with yourself um, and always, you know, if there's a gut feeling that you have about something, just go with it and run with it and don't second guess what your, what your self is telling yourself is the best way to put it. If that sounds mm-hmm. weird. Um, and I would say the last one is like, um, make time for your family and friends because ultimately those are the people that will always have your back, no matter the outcome of a job, of an election, of, um, whether you're, you know, successful, whether you're like, not like, you know, I think your family and friends, um, will always have your best interest and they don't look at it the way that people in politics always do. They have a very like out, you know, like an outside average person state of mind that we need to remind ourselves to have. Hey. Gracias a todo el que creyó en mí Desde el primer día, desde antes que saliera Con una compañía, desde antes que supieran Lo que ustedes ya sabían Que soy el mejor en esto Y el que me convertiría en un icono De grandes y chicos Gracias a todos mis domis, a mi gente en Puerto Rico Cada cosa que logro a ustedes se la dedico Aunque a veces no me entiendan Y hayan cosas que no explico hey.